So Money is brought to you by CNET, the site that shows how to navigate change all around us. So Money episode 1361, Audience Week continues, taking the hot seat today. Lauren Hatchett, the big question, how do we afford our move to New York City? You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Torabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. I am lost as to how we can prepare besides saving um, and getting the job that I need and that. But aside from that, how can we prepare? Welcome to So Money, everybody. I'm Farnoosh Tarabi. Feeling better today. I'm on day, what is it now? Seven, eight of uh, COVID. And this is a very strange virus. I know I'm a little bit late to this. I was very lucky for two and a half years, didn't get it. But here we are. I've had a sore throat before. I've had runny noses before. I've felt tired before. But this is definitely the sickest I've been in two and a half years. And it is all the symptoms all the time. And some days, no symptoms except just tiredness. And then one day I wake up and I can't smell anything. So it's a surprise every day. COVID definitely keeps you guessing. But the one trend is that it does get a little bit easier every single day. Your energy does improve every single day, at least in my case. And so very grateful for that. I'm continuing to spotlight our audience members on on the podcast this week. And today we're speaking with Lauren Hatchett. Uh, She's in her 20s. She is a school teacher living in the South currently and planning a big move to New York City with her husband. It's a longtime dream of theirs, but as you can imagine, they're worried about the cost of living and affording rent and food and all of the extras that come with living in the most expensive city in the country. I have a few pointers, mostly based on my own personal experience of living there for almost 20 years. Here's Lauren Hatchett. Lauren Hatchett, welcome to So Money. Thank you, Fardush. I'm so excited to be here. Well, this is probably not something you were expecting. You leave a review. I pick you. I say, we're going to have a private 15-minute consult. Oh, by the way, could we actually make it a show? And you are so flexible in game and just want to say thank you for, for being cool with this. It was so surprising and so exciting. <laughs> I was thrilled. Well, first of all, it's how you even discovered So Money. Um, and then what for you has the show meant? or helped in any way? Sure. So I have been listening to a lot of financial podcasts for the last uh, couple of years, increasingly picking up finance books and just trying to learn as much information as I can about investing and saving and living a lifestyle that I'd like to live. And so I happened upon you that way, uh, just from hearing you be recommended by other podcasters and other people in the finance finance world. And the show has been excellent for uh, opening my eyes to a lot of different ways to step into investing and grow my family's finances and uh, manage them well. Well, we're honored to have you in the audience. And uh, speaking of getting out there, stepping up, you and your husband are planning to move to New York City (laughs) voluntarily. Uh, This was not led by any... uh, you know, you weren't forced to do this. It was just something that you've always both wanted to do. The opportunity seemed 
to open up. And so this is where we're going to spend a lot of our time talking because as Mm -hmm. you probably know, I lived in New York for like 19 years. I came to New York right out of college and the rest is history. And and my philosophy around New York City living and then working in New York, um, and it hasn't really changed much. I wouldn't say the pandemic. I mean, the pandemic has changed the calculus a little bit. But in general, uh, if you want to live in New York City and you can make it, quote unquote, work, even if you just do it for a year or two years, I encourage it. I just think it's mm-hmm. like if someone said to me, I got a job opportunity in Paris, should I take it? Yes. You know, maybe you're going to be eating croissants for like a year because it's like all you can afford, but it's Paris. And New okay. York, to me, and maybe I'm biased, it has that invaluable aspect to it that you can't really put a price tag on it. It may be a struggle while you're there, but yeah. will you regret it? Not so sure. But it's important that if it is becoming a real impediment to your ability to like ultimately build wealth and get out there, I mean, you need to leave. And I actually, mm-hmm. you know, after 19 years, we can talk about this, you know, later in the show, it kind of for us became this diminishing returns uh, mm-hmm. situation. And, and I think that's important to be open to that and not be, I was very reluctant to leave New York because I wanted to live it up and do the thing that I promised myself when I got there. I was like, I'm here and I'm going to stick it out. I'm going to in it to win it. But at some point you have to be realistic. So yeah. all this to say, I'm excited for you. And maybe you could start by telling us a little bit about what prompted this move. You and your husband are living currently in Kentucky. And so this is going to be quite the move. What's prompting it? Yeah. So we have visited New York uh, for quite a few years. Um, I think the first time I went, I was just a teenager, 16, and really fell in love with the city. And then later on, as we got to know each other and we started traveling, New York was a place that we constantly came back to and really enjoyed visiting. Kind of like you said, there is nowhere like it. No city looks like that or feels like the way New York does. And so we just have decided after a lot of thinking about it and a lot of planning and a lot of considering, you know, maybe we just need to move to another city that's not quite New York and New York way of living. Maybe we can do something that makes more financial sense. So we considered a lot of places and a lot of options um, and kept coming back to New York. But like you said, we also understand and can see where people decide at some point that if it's impeding on um, your financial goals, it would be hard to stay there for the long term. But we um, can't pass up the opportunity to come at least try it out. Hmm. I think what's interesting, Lauren, is that while you're going to go there and your plans are to find a teaching job as you're a teacher, mm-hmm. um, which shouldn't be, I don't think, very difficult, um, your husband is going to come with his job that is not New York based. He's going to work remotely. Uh, is he prepared for working from home in New York City? I feel like part of the New York experience is to get out there and go to work. And then your apartment becomes just this place where you shower and eat a bagel. You know, like it's not this 24 seven place. I know he's going to get out there and, and experience New York, but how does he feel about that? I think he's nervous to be, you know, we're going from even the townhome that we live in right now. It's not huge, but we're going to be downsizing significantly. And he's going to spend a lot of time in that space. I think he's hanging on to the the 
belief, knowing that he's going to be getting out and enjoying New York as much as he can when he's not working. His job is really flexible and involves a lot of travel anyways. So um, that will help him get out and about. But of course, ultimately, he would love to find a New York-based job to transition to. Mm. And and you're you're both still in your 20s? Yes. Yes. Well, he just turned 30 uh, this year and I am 26. So Lauren, tell me what you imagine to be your ideal experience living in New York. Um, (laughs) You know, I mean, you you have all these aspirations, best case scenario, you move there and, and how does it work out? Yeah. Great question. So I don't think we can, um, lose sight of where our goals are always going to be to be able to save uh, and and invest as much as possible. Um, So ideally, we would love to see ourselves living in New York and still being able to um, maintain the level of investing that we are right now. And aside from that, I would love to be teaching in a school. Right now, I work in a um, Title I I guess you could call inner city elementary school. Um, I love it. That is why I got into teaching. I wanted to work with that demographic. Um, I would love to find a similar demographic to work with in New York. When I teach summer school in, um, I have taught summer school in New York City and also worked with a low income population. And I would love to continue that when I'm working full time there. And as far as this city itself, I we are so excited to let go of our cars, to rely on public transportation. I would love to just have weekends exploring New York City and taking mm-hmm. in all the food it has to offer, all of the different events that happen constantly. I mean, every time I'm in New York, there's something that I did not plan to attend that comes up and I just happen upon. And that is a gift of part of New York. Yeah. All right. So hit me up. What do you want to know? I'm the woman who moved there (laughs) with $30,000 worth of debt, making $18 an hour before taxes. I live with a married couple on the Upper West Side and their cat in my own bedroom (laughs) in a pre-war rent control department. And this was pre-recession. And and so Mm -hmm. I was lucky to like get the job. Uh, and there were also, as we, re- if you were maybe, I don't know if you were too little to remember, but you probably saw the headlines later growing yes. up. You read about the in the history books that people were getting mortgages left and right. And what happened was I ended up, my father said to me, you should buy something in New York. And I was like, dad, have you seen my, my tax return? Like, this is not going to happen. And he goes, well, we have all this equity in our home. So what what if I take out some of that equity, I give you the cash to go buy a studio, and then Mm. you take out a HELOC against that studio, you pay Mm -hmm. us back, essentially, Mm -hmm. and then you're paying this HELOC, which I then refinanced into a mortgage. It literally took no time for all that transacting in 2003, 2004. I remember going to Washington Mutual and... I showed my ID, I signed some papers, and I all suddenly I had a HELOC. And then I, you know, refinanced it a couple months later. So it was a different time for me for sure. But New York is the the disparity between what you're making and how much the cost of living is has only, I think, 
um, exacerbated. And yeah. so I feel like I've learned, I learned along the way, I remember a book about it, You're So Money, Live Rich Even When You're Not, that was inspired by my and my friends' New York City experiences. But mm-hmm. what are the questions you keep coming back to as you prepare for this move? I keep coming back to how we can prepare. Um, and, and we've done every, I've done everything I know to do to prepare. Um, I've saved as much as possible um, have secured as much here. Having owning a home here was, it, it would have been hard for me to move. Um, having not owned a home, I feel good about having a home and allowing this to continue being an investment, hopefully uh, for a long time to come. So I feel secure in that way, but I am lost as to how we can prepare besides saving um, and getting the job that I need and that. But aside from that, how can we prepare? Mm -hmm. Well, I'm glad to hear that you have savings. How much tangibly do you have? So, you know, if you come to New York and you uh, don't get that teaching job right away. I know you're going to be able to get something in the summer, but mm-hmm. then to apply for a full-time role that, um, you know, that's still an uncertainty. So with the savings that you and your husband have, how long will that support you if you're not bringing in any income? You are not bringing in any income. Yeah, we could support ourselves for a little over three months. We don't have six to nine months, which I know is often what's recommended, but we have three months worth of living expenses up there prepared if we need it. Okay. Have you looked at housing? Housing is going to be your biggest expense. Rent's only gotten more expensive in New York City. I know that you're looking at some subleases. Subleases are also harder to find. There are some sites like Mm leasebreaker.com is one. And then if you have any friends that are in any university or college in the New York City area... Do you have any teacher friends? Um, Somewhat, yes. Okay, like ask around because Mm -hmm. I say this because this may or may not still apply, but I have a feeling it still does because people are still moving to New York as students and need some place to live. But there's often times when you go to a university as a student or grad student, you will get access to what's called like an off-campus housing website. It's not exclusive to students, but the people who are renting want studious uh, mm-hmm. people. And sometimes they're for short term. And they're kind of like behind this username password that if you can find somebody that has the keys to that, sometimes mm-hmm. you can find some listings that you wouldn't find anywhere else. That's how I was actually able to find lease in a rent controlled apartment. It was through Columbia's off-campus housing website. So anyway, there's all these like behind the scenes things that sometimes um, it just helps to know an insider to guide you. Mm-hmm. Given you what you earn, what your husband earns, have you looked at listings to say, okay, we can afford something that is at most, I'm going to give you a little bit more leeway here because you're in New York City, 40% of our take-home pay. Okay. Yeah. So um, that's really interesting. That's a great idea. And I'll look into that about the the university off-campus housing. So we've been basing it off of like the tip, what we're finding is the typical recommendation is uh, to make 40 times rent. Um, So we are taking what we think and dividing it by 40. And it is so hard to know. That's one of the questions I wanted to ask you is just, is that reasonable? 
So let's just do the math. So 40 times rent usually means that, let's say the rent is, and I'm just going to use small numbers because it's Mm -hmm. easier math. This is not to say this is what it will cost in New York. It'll probably be nowhere near this. Uh, But let's say $2,000 a month. So 40 times that is what they're talking about, is what you Mm -hmm. need to be making annually. So $80,000. If we go back to the traditional budget, right? Which is that you want you don't want to spend more than 30 to 40%. I'm talking New York City here because New York City is just so expensive. It's not uncommon, not to say that you should do this, but I have seen, I've witnessed with my own eyes, people paying half every other paycheck going to rent. Hmm. Crazy. Yeah. So if we were to use this 40X equation that many uh, landlords will want to see on your application, that essentially comes down to 30% of your gross income, which is what the finance books recommend. So it's not, it's just another way, I guess, to say that we want to make sure that what you're earning can comfortably cover this rent. And whether they say 30% or 40 times, the monthly is more or less, it comes out to be the same. What do you think about that? That is pretty comparable to our living expenses here. Um, we bought in a high cost of or area in our city. Um, so that isn't significantly different, but there's also other costs. You know, where there's a lot of trade-offs with moving from a small city that you drive a car around uh, versus a city where you have totally different transportation and totally different uh, cost of living area in all the other areas. We feel comfortable with that here. We are just hoping that that translates there. We're looking at slightly below that. So we are yeah. looking at places that are uh, less than, well, mm-hmm. our, our income will be over 40 times higher than than the rent. But um, still, it's just, it, there's a lot of uncertainty. Yeah, let's let's stick with this rent calculus for a little bit longer because I think this is the part where if you can be really strategic about this, it will make so many other expenses less of a of a weight and mm-hmm. you can include more in your budget. Now, have you looked at outside Manhattan? I will say the best place on Manhattan Island to live in terms of cheapest rent and also where you're feeling somewhat safe, I would say Upper East Side, funny mm-hmm. enough, Upper mm-hmm. Upper East Side. Like I would say between the 80s and the 90s on the Upper East Side, the Upper East Side is a lot wider than the Upper West Side. Mm-hmm. And so when you live on the Upper East Side, especially when you get closer to the water, you're further away from public transportation. And so those apartments will usually go for a discount because you have to walk more to get to the subway. But now there's city bike and there's crosstown buses. And I miss getting my steps in, to be honest. (laughs) So it wouldn't be a bother to me. And of course, if it's a walk-up versus an elevator apartment, you're going to get, you're going to see a price difference there. But the Upper East Side, as well as, upper, upper west side. So when you're getting closer to the Columbia area, Mm -hmm. Harlem, and then we used to be that Brooklyn was where you went to save, but I can tell you that that is not true any longer. The more south you go into Brooklyn, of course, the further away you basically get from uh, Manhattan, the cheaper rent becomes. I would not be opposed to looking at some of these outskirted areas. Also, Mm -hmm. Long Island City is really pretty and accessible to the city with relatively lower rents. Are you looking at a particular region? 
So we are not, I'm not at all opposed to outside of Manhattan. Um, we're, I just, in most, I know Manhattan the best, um, and only a small part of Brooklyn, but my understanding is plenty parts of Brooklyn are also skyrocketing, um, in price. And so upper east, the upper, upper east side, kind of like you said, uh, I've been finding a lot around there. I really love the upper west side. But, you know, you pay the same amount and go north just a little bit. And all of a sudden you have a washer and a dryer and dishwasher and things that I really don't need um, and am not insistent on having. But it just seems a little bit further you go up, the more all of a sudden there are these amenities. So, um, but definitely in looking specifically in those neighborhoods would like to be um, up there rather than lower. Yeah. And to your point, you can get maybe more bang for your buck. It's not just cheaper, but it's also you get more space. You might get some amenities where if your husband is working from home, a lot of the days that will go a very long way. I would also look into Jersey City and Hoboken, which they, you know, because the transportation to the city is there. You can take the path, it's really easy. Uh, and those areas of Jersey, are right outside of the island of Manhattan and very accessible. They've got their own great little downtowns and neighborhoods and all of that. They're super up and coming. And I mean, they're, they're not even coming. Like they've, they've arrived. Right. It's right. all there. And I have many friends who live there and they're very happy. So you think this is going to be a long-term move for you both? It's hard for me to say it's going to be long-term for sure, because I think I'm a pretty... Um, play it safe person. So even moving in the first place feels like a big, a big step. And I think I'm going into it knowing however it works out, it works out. If it works for a year, that's great. Um, but I know that we love it there. And if it works for five years or longer then that is great too. Um, it's hard for me to imagine raising a family there. Um, and I do want a family eventually. So that is, we'll just have to see. Um, <laughs> I could change, but I can't imagine childcare in New York City. It's very expensive. I have to say, I really admire your mindset around this. I think it's going to be really helpful to be flexible and open-minded and say, look, this is an adventure. We know what we're up against. We are aware of the fact that New York is expensive. We know that we have our goals that are non-negotiables. We want to invest. We want to save. We don't want to be irresponsible. But this is something that we've both wanted to do. I, I applaud you both for committing to this plan and going for it, even knowing that there are some things that you just don't have answers to, but you're doing your due diligence. You're saving, you're doing the research, you have a plan, plans can go to scrap, but I think you're both, you both sound very resourceful and level-headed and that's going to go a very long way living in New York because there are a lot of temptations. I will say that after rent, the next two budgetary line items that seem to eat up a lot of people's budgets in New York is transportation, ironically, and food. So yes, you don't need cars in New York, but uh, it's very easy to get into the Uber, (laughs) cab, rideshare ecosystem. I was just starting, I have COVID and I've been watching a lot of TV. And I, so I've watched all of the, what are they, mini series about the companies where the 
you know, the the CEOs that had to step down, whether it was We Crashed or uh, Dropout. Now I started watching the Uber one with, with mm-hmm. Travis Kalanick. He said that after two rides, people are their Uber lifers. And so just be careful because mm-hmm. I would just start to watch your patterns. When you move to New York, obviously you're going to just have to get acclimated and I'm not saying like go cold turkey on anything, but just be very, very conscious of this sort of stuff. Like there was one year where I looked at my annual spend on my Amex and I realized that Seamless, which everywhere else you live, it's Grubhub, but in New York, it's Mm -hmm. Seamless. They're the same company, was taking up so much of my money, Mm. like so much of my money. And, you know, we could afford it. It wasn't like we were not at, we were doing that at the expense of our retirement accounts or we were late paying our mortgage. But it just frustrated me because I thought, why? What is going on? It just just got to a point where it was like this lifestyle creep, as they say. And you realize like, hmm, even if I just made a prepared meal twice a week, or if I got those meal boxes that come to your house, I don't even Mm -hmm. have to prep. I just get the ingredients that can save me easily a hundred dollars a week. Even after I've spent on this prep plan, you know, that's delivery kit. So it wouldn't have happened had I not just taken a minute to look at my patterns and how I was spending. And again, it wasn't because we had even noticed it. It just, I just looked and was shocked at Mm -hmm. how, client we'd become on these convenient services. So when you live in New York, there was an article in the New York Times I'll never forget. It was like, you can live in your apartment in New York, never step outside your apartment and have literally the world delivered to your doorstep. Mm -hmm. Anything you want, especially in New York where it's the city that never sleeps. You can go get a hot dog at four in the morning. You could... I remember I was nursing my daughter in the middle of the night, she had just been born and she was not sleeping. It was many, oh. many weeks. Just She just was nocturnal. She just wouldn't sleep at night. And I had a son at that point too. And I, was, I remember going out of my mind and I remember thinking, this is New York. I am at my wit's end. I am going to find a solution because it's New York. I know I can just go on the internet, type in New York City, baby won't sleep help. And that following night, I had a woman in my house oh, <laughs> who was this amazing. I had already vetted her. We had gone through all her re- references all within the day. And so those sort of things about New York, I love that mm-hmm. there's there's solutions all everywhere, but they come at a cost. And so you just have to be, you have to watch yourself. You have to catch yourself yeah. when you're spending on things that, because they're so easy to do. It's mm-hmm. so easy. There's also with a saying that as soon as you leave your apartment, it's a $20 tax. <laughs> I've heard that. <laughs> that yeah. New York before. Yeah, that is, I can it see is. that. <laughs> From your apartment to walking to the subway station entrance, you may have spent $20 yeah. and you don't even know how. So don't keep any cash in your wallet and don't put any of your credit cards in your phone. Uh, but no, seriously, just I think having a consciousness And this is just me giving you the foresight and saying, here's Mm -hmm. what to look out for. The little things really do add up in New York. They Mm -hmm. really, really do. I'm not really the big financial expert on cutting all the little things, Mm -hmm. but 
even if you cut back 20%, you're going to save a lot. Like I did yeah. with the food service, with the, with the meal delivery plans, like just saving that little bit. Who doesn't want an extra, you know, $500 back in their pocket? Right, right. And you haven't really cut out anything significant. You've just shifted your habits. Yeah. And I do think that that is where, it, at least for low or we're not in a high earning position right now in our careers. Um, and so budgeting is still very important for us and tracking basically every dollar. And I will be so excited someday when we're away from that, but, um, at least for this season of life and with a move like this, uh, tracking what we're spending has been very important because it is so easy to creep up with as lifestyle changes a little bit. Um, the only thing I want to change is savings and investing. I'd rather our lifestyle stay the same. uh, To the extent that you can automate your savings and your investments, which I'm sure you're already doing, but stick with that because Mm -hmm. that's for me been how I budget. I, I automatically contribute to all of the important things that are the non-negotiables that I don't want to compromise. Obviously, there are moments where you might shut them off because you lose your job or you go through a transitionary period. But for the most part, if you can automate this stuff, whatever is left in that bank account at the end of the month, you can spend with less worry Mm -hmm. that it's going to come at the expense of something that might take a higher priority on your financial to-do list. You're not juggling. You're, you're really prioritizing in, in a way automatically. Mm-hmm. And that for me in New York was always really helpful. I will say too that I had side hustles. Now, I don't know if you both have the time or the interest, but New York, again, as I said, it's a city that doesn't sleep. There's someone who will pay for something all the time. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of rich people in New York who will pay <laughs> yeah. for fancy tutors. Mm-hmm. I would actually, I wanted, one of the things I wanted to bring up with you, and I don't know if, if you wanted to tutor, I think could be very easy to do given yeah. what you do, given where you're going to be. Have you thought about that? Yes. I've been submitting some applications for that and, inter- and actually already interviewed. All, while my nine to five job, I love to be working with a specific population extra work would be great with anybody that's able to pay for tutoring services. So I have been looking into that and pursuing that. So hopefully I can do that as soon as we get there this summer. Yeah. And and with any of these additional income streams that you or your husband bring in, I find that it's really helpful to give them a job. Like Mm -hmm. this is the job that I'm going to do for this goal. Mm -hmm. So maybe not give it a job, but give it, assign it a goal, assign it a, a purpose. Right. So that it's very deliberate and you do feel like you are directly contributing to something that you can see that you can get excited for. Even if it is just next year, we want to get a bigger apartment or we want to start eating out more. I mean, I babysat mm-hmm. in my 20s. I had a master's degree and I yeah. still babysat because it was I was single. It was great. I like kids. And it was an opportunity to work, make extra money. And then when the kids went to bed, I had another three hours where I could be on the internet and work and still feel like I was investing in myself. Yeah. And not just like playing choo-choo trains with kids for like four hours. But I would make like a quick 80 bucks. And then my dinner was paid for. And then my transportation was paid for. So for me, it was a no-brainer. And that was the money that I used to then that weekend go out and have 
fun without feeling like, again, I was compromising my financial goals, my bigger financial goals. Mm -hmm. So it's important to have that fun money too. Yeah. You know, you don't have to always be working towards this, you know, the very responsible things. I mean, you're in New York, enjoy it. And one last thing I'll say about being in New York as a teacher too, you get a lot of discounts. Yeah. You should also, you and your husband should sign up. There's actually a New York city ID card that anyone can get. You just have to have an address. It essentially gets you free entrance to a lot of the city's attractions, museums, not many people know about it. I've talked about yeah. it on Good Morning America and all the hosts were like on their phones. Yeah. <laughs> I've been living in the city for 35 years. I had no idea. You know, I'm like, listen, you guys can support your local museums. Okay. Don't, this is for people who are newcomers, who are <laughs> the on, a budget, yeah. on a budget. Yeah, it exists and get out there, make friends. Yeah. The best investment of your time in New York City is getting out there and getting to know other people like you. You're going to be able to leave one day, but not really, because you can take New York with you. You have all Mm -hmm. of those relationships. And that is, for me, it was 100% worth it just for that reason alone, Mm -hmm. to have made the relationships that I did, the experiences that I had in New York City that were unmatched with these people and who've become friends for life. Yeah. And you will make friends all the time in all the like New York, you know, we get a bad rap sometimes, like we're tunnel vision. We don't say hi to our neighbors, but I think we're all ambitious. We all value the important like relationships when mm-hmm. when you know in your work, in your when you go to parties, like people are social. I think you'll find your people. That will be an unexpected thing, but it'll be the most important thing in some ways. Yeah, that's amazing. That's great advice. Definitely the people make a place. A place can be really special, but the people matter too. Yeah. And if you want a low cost way to hang around, the city just put on some sneakers and start walking. And New York is full of good people watching. We, my husband and I, once we, one of my, our favorite days in New York was just like running bikes. Yeah. Yeah. Going, it was an all day thing, you know, going Mm -hmm. around the Island and stopping at different parks and getting a hot dog and this and that, like our butts were very sore the next day, (laughs) but there's so much free fun in New York. The city itself, it just breeds excitement and an intrigue. You know, you don't have to go to New York's hottest club. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. That's been my experience in New York and that's why I'm so excited to be there. You're going to be awesome. So any, any parting questions for me? I think you've answered them. We're going to continue to save. Sometimes it starts to feel crazy how much we're putting into savings and not investing, but we're continuing to lean on, lean into knowing that the emergency savings, at least right now needs to be beefed up more than probably continuing to invest. Yeah. Still investing, yeah. just it's harder to cut back, but that's an important part of making this happen. New York is where you learn trade-offs the best. Really, <laughs> it is. I have all the hope for you and, and I wish you both all the success. Keep in touch. Let me know how Thank it you, goes. Bernouche. Thank you. I'm very curious. I'm very, I'm rooting for you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> 
Thanks so much to Lauren for joining us. What a good sport. And if you have money questions for me, you know every Friday I answer your financial questions. You can email me, farnushadsomoneypodcast.com. You can go to Instagram and leave me a direct message there. And I hope to hear from you. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. And I hope your day is so money. Money.